Well, Dad, we're back for another episode of Talking Church. It's been a while since you've been on, actually, and now yes. that I think about it. We've had a lot. We had John Vere, uh, Nathan Finocchio. We've had just a lot of... A-team. Yeah. Well, I mean, people want to hear from you, too. Got to come back to the local church. Now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to talk about you today. We're, you know, Labor Day's done. Summer's basically over. Yep. And we're going to be... We're diving in. I mean, it's we're we're already starting. You know, small groups are starting, core groups are starting, um, but there's also a a bit of uncertainty, I think, for people not only in our country but especially around the world. Of okay, we're kind of flirting with this recession. We've gone in right. and out. What's going to happen to to giving if people start? You know, I saw a headline like yesterday. You know, this large company considering layoffs. It's I saw it, one yesterday. It said sixty nine percent of Americans are cutting back on vacation, expenses, going out, and it's because of the tightening of the belt right now. Yeah, and so it's it's unique because we just came out of this super quick recession, we're not having an economics class here, but really trying to think of how this impacts the church, because we are out of COVID, and everyone's like, okay, we're finally out of COVID, but now there's this economic uncertainty, how... Really, the question today is, how do we pastor through that? I mean, you've lived through a lot. You've been pastoring River Valley for 27 years. Yeah. You've been a pastor for longer than that. What have you seen are some of the ways that that you can continue to lead a strong and healthy church in the midst of this uncertainty? Well, I mean, the first thing that I go back to is God's my source. And when I look at the Bible, he fed them manna in the desert. He, Jesus needed to pay his taxes, and he tells the one of the disciples, go fishing, you'll catch the fish, it'll have the coin in the mouth. I mean, so God's going to take care of us. He's our source, so we don't have to worry about that. But that doesn't mean that we won't be hungry, because look at Paul, he's like, well, I was hungry, I was this, I was beaten, I was shipwrecked. I was a... So you're going to get all the above, but Jesus is still your source. God's still going to take care of you. He's still on the throne. And then you have to lead the best you can through those moments. So that's the first thing I think. And then I, I personally also feel this. Now, this doesn't apply to everyone listening to this, but where we are in Minnesota, um, we I see that the increase goes up slower and the decrease goes slower. So I was telling some staff the other day, I said, you know, recessions hit and if you're in an industry, like say it's, you know, vacation and, and that's your area, you are a beach city. And if people cut back, your whole economy struggles. That's not the case with Minnesota. It's kind of, it's, it doesn't go up as fast and it doesn't go down. Like you see these places like Boise, Idaho. Uh, and if you're listening from there, like houses have gone just through the roof. Like it's been going up, up, up. And now they're saying it's getting ready to go down, down, down. And Minnesota didn't have that. So you got to look at where you're at too, as like, are we in a place that's gone way up? Well, get ready for a swing possible way down. Um, if you're in Florida, it looks like your swing up is just stalling. So it's, it's different for everybody. So don't think that, you know, because it's there, it's here, or because it hit that church, it hits ours the same way. It's so different. I never forget during COVID, um, uh, a guy said to me, like, who would have thought? He goes, I invested in a window company. And he said, I, I just thought it was going to be a good company to invest in. It turned out to be incredible because of all the writing and all that. And oh, for sure. him, he's like, I am replacing windows. Like, at the we never thought. I mean, I'm just like, here's a dude who's like looking at writing and all this. And he's like, not that he was wishing for it, but he's like, it's turned into the greatest day ever. 
And who would have projected that? Yeah, a little bit so, of a conflict of interest. Yeah, there. I know. Here's a brick, you know, but yeah. no. Uh, so my thing is somebody's going up, somebody's going down, somebody's shorting, somebody's going long. And so somebody's winning, somebody's losing, and God's still in control. So that's that's the first thing I want to say. And then the the second thing is you you might need to turn off the news just and stop getting just overloaded on it. Um and being thankful for what you have. As I read the word, I'm encouraged. As I watch the news, I'm discouraged. Mm-hmm. And so I may need to make sure I'm reading the word and getting enough in. So that's the first things I think of in a time like this. And then I think about just being smart. Um, hopefully your church has some reserves. Um, I always like to push it. I, I have a joke, like, don't leave any money for the Antichrist, you know. It's like, like a half joke. Yeah, it's kind of a half joke. Because you kind of mean it. I do. That's <laughs> like, but he's our source. God's our source. So I'm going to trust him. So, and so it, it's, do you have reserves? Are you going into this wide open, eyes wide open? Um, I think about Y2K. You're, how old are you? Like, I was when were you? four. Okay. Was that 99? Yeah, 99 so I was three. Okay, three. So you don't understand, like board meetings, we were sitting around with Y2K this computer glitch is going to change everything and all the things are going to turn off and your church won't work and the banks will work and it's going to be anarchy and don't fly on Y2K because the planes don't know how to f- switch to... Seriously, people are saying that. Not kidding. I read about it, but Not that's just crazy And we're me. having a board meeting. We're like, do we? what do we do? Do we do a vigil? What's our rally point? What do we do? Do we want to stockpile gas? Do we want to stockpile food? What do we want... What do we, and we were just like, you know what? We're good. Let's. I think what we have is fine, and we're gonna have a little extra maybe. And let's go into it and watch. And then you got through, and you're like, okay, we made it. But I mean, we didn't go out and buy an all church generator and that, and we didn't have you know a year's worth of supply of dried food. And but some people did. Now, all it takes is one time for those people to say, "Told you so," you know. But People get in those moments. Like, okay, I'll go back to the Iraq war. Uh, I was a youth pastor and it was, we were doing a board meeting that night and America bombed Iraq and it was shocking on. It was just like, we were watching on TV and the pastor goes, everyone, let's leave the board meeting now and go fill our car with gas. Gas is gonna go through the roof. And so we all leave the board meeting. We all go fill our cars with gas. And it's like, and then gas went down for the next two months. And we're like, well, that was kind of dumb. You know, but you just don't know. It's kind of like, uh, she's having a baby, boil water. Why? It keeps you busy, you know? And it, it's just, some of it is really logical and others, other thoughts that you're having are fear-driven. And here's another thought I got for you. Have like safety in a multitude of counselors, like talking to people like, how are you getting through this? What are you doing? What's your plan? You know, so those are just some common sense, but you could ask me anything on that because I've been through enough of these to know like we're going to make it. Now, does it mean we could have tightened the belt? Yes. Does it mean that, you know, we might not be able to hire openings? Yes. Does it mean we're going to have to strengthen our food shelf? 
probably. You know, these are things that are real, but we should be prepared for that. Yeah. If you're not prepared for up and down in life, where have you been? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think we learned a lot of that from COVID, what being unprepared can do. Uh, I, when you talk about that, I think there's two distinct groups here. As a pastor, you know, people who are listening, obviously there's lead pastors, pastors who are on teams, but as somebody who leads teams, you have one is the responsibility to the organization in which you're leading, and then the other is to the congregation in which you're leading. So can you talk about the differences in how you as a leader, I mean, thinking of, let's say, staff or deacons, your leaders in your church, how do you help lead those people in the midst of this situation to where they're panicking or they're frustrated? Like, how do you right the ship in that way while still having the right amount of caution? And then maybe we can get to how you continue to lead your church and congregation after that. Well, you have to be calm in the midst of this, and you have to be spending time in prayer and confident in God and calm. You know, I can't stand people that multiply the intensity in those moments. And you're like, stop it. Stop. Like, let's have common sense here. So that's part of it. But I mean, even, um, oh, what was it? Well, it was COVID. Okay, during COVID. Um, I know this sounds conspiracy theory a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> During COVID, we were like, what if China attacks and does this? And I remember we had a board meeting and we were talking about that. And we said, hey, you're responsible to your family first. And then we'd go to Central and reorganize. Once you take care of your family, then we are going to go to take care of the church. And then we'll take care of the individuals. And so we actually said, take care of your family. Take care. Now, for anybody that thinks thinks like I, I, I'm not like around people with conspiracy theory, like... I wouldn't even say it's conspiracy theory, but this is where I was raised. Like we have a code word in our family. Yeah. And I won't tell you, but if something's wrong, we literally have a code that we say and we could be anywhere. And if we say this, we know like it could be a phone call, text, email, in person. And if you say this, so how many families do you know that have a code word that like, it's danger, okay? So that's the way I was raised. And then- Oh yeah, I remember grandma saying that, like teaching us when we were young, this is the code word. Here's, if you'd use this, like this is not a joke. Like, like no, this is Nobody uses business. it, be, like it's not even like we ever would joke about right, it because right. it's so serious. If, if somebody said it, it would be immediately law enforcement, the full weight of our family. And so I've, I've never heard it said in, aside from when teaching it. Right, right, right. Which well, because kinda, nobody's I had mean, that. Which is great. <laughs> I'm glad. We, I hope we never have to use it. Right. And then on side note, like this is taking it way lighter. Uh, remember when you did a sleepover and it was a really inappropriate sleepover at that friend's house? Yeah, it was a movie. And, they and watched it, a really bad movie. It was a really movie, bad yeah. movie. And they were like, you came and got in the car and you're like, we shouldn't have watched that. And I was like, you're right. You shouldn't have. And I said, all right, here's the way you're going to get out of those situations now. We are being prepared. And I said, if you're ever as a kid at a, a sleepover and it's not going well, just tell the mom or dad the, of the house there, say, hey, I don't feel good. I think I'm going to throw up. As soon as you say that, they're going to like isolate you from the other kids. They're going to call us and be like, come get your kid. He's gonna, he thinks he's going to throw up. And, I, and even if you're not going to get sick, you know, just use that as your excuse mm -hmm. to get out. Be prepared for that moment. And there's some parents right now that just got a really good tip right there because your kids might be in an uncomfortable thing and they don't want to say, I don't think the Lord would like us to do that. Maybe they don't have the courage to do that. Okay. Clearly I didn't. But well, no, you were just, you just didn't know what <laughs> no, to do. No, I know. I, know. And, I think but, I was like 12 or something. I think you were younger than that. Maybe, yeah. And, and, but just imagine if you say, 
hey, if you are in an uncomfortable thing, say that you're going to throw up and then, you know, we'll come rescue you. And it's just being prepared. Like, mm-hmm. so are you prepared? Are you ready? Um, and, and I don't, we got down the conspiracy thing, but I mean, I, I, I'm prepared. Like, you know, we, we say like, all right, we have some groceries, we have this, um, even underneath the staircase, I had, you know, water, first aid kit, this, I mean, I, I had like what I would call a, a two or three day go bag. And I, maybe it's because I, I've traveled the world, you know, and you see like things can happen. You can be without power, electricity, this. But don't you think some of that, and, and you know, Mac is the same way, my wife, um, but I think there's a lot of that, that that preparedness, what you're really tying it into is peace. Is It's like what Dave Ramsey talks about with financial peace. Sure. Having that three to six month emergency fund, He's like, he, he jokes with like Murphy's Law. He's like, it keeps Murphy out of your house. Right. And it's like when you don't have the emergency fund or when you don't have the, the water or what, whatever it is, it feels like, and I don't know that there's much data correlation there, but it feels like we're unprepared. When something happens, you feel like the world's falling. And so even in the case of a church, having reserves, having emergency fund, having a plan with their staff, hey, communicating clearly. And and, and I think that leads me to the next question. With your staff and, and organization that you're leading, how, how do you communicate your emotions in, in the, the right way? Because obviously you mentioned being calm, but there's other times where where you're not calm, like when a crisis comes or or when uncertainty comes. Like, is it just you have to be the leader and you have to be stoic, kind of like a captain going down with their ship? But then to your your key leaders, you'd be a little bit more vulnerable to them. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, I want to let everybody know the reality of the situation, but like that we're not. It's not done. This is reality. Okay. Giving is down 10% or whatever. This is the reality. Now, what does that mean? We have three options to get there. And this is the one we've chosen. And this is why. And, you know, and then hopefully you're prepared enough to survive the dip mm-hmm. because it things go up and they go down and you're down and then you hope you can go back up. Like, okay, let's use one right now. The, the war with Ukraine, you know, that Russia and Ukraine. Most people your age and younger are thought the war would be over in like a couple of weeks, like a <laughs> yeah. four week series, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, Netflix series, you binge on the war and it's over. It's still going on. Mm-hmm. And yet people are sending their kids to school. People are going to the beach. People are living and you're like, how do they do that during war? You know? And there's areas where the war is intense and there's areas where, uh, so it's just, they're at war and they're still living and moving forward. So uh, just get a good reality of this and and just survive the downturn. Um, you know, and then uh, work with each other, like get help with each other. Like one church might be stronger in this. They might have these reserves. Another church might let you use their building. It's like, you get creative. Yeah. I mean, I remember um, with the down, economic downturn, I think it was um, the church in Las Vegas. Uh, I forget the guy's name, that big church there that anyways, um, I will remember it, but it, it's just driving me crazy. But anyways, it was a, the big church in, in Vegas. And 
the, the economic downturn was so bad, they started doing their own landscaping. They started doing their own their own custodial. They were like, everybody in the church, you got hours. Can you, we, we can't pay a custodian anymore. We can't do landscaping. We just, we just need you to do it. And everybody stepped up and they basically trimmed way down. Mm -hmm. And then they were able to survive it and come back out. So you get creative and you do those things. And But as far as letting people know, I always like to be honest, but um, honest, but protect. And I think about parenting. Like, uh, uh, like, I remember one time, like, we were probably a little too honest with you and Connor about things were tight financially. And you guys went in and got your piggy banks. And you're like, will this help? And we're like, oh, my goodness. You know, we were honest, but we need to protect them a little more, you know, like, no, we don't need your piggy bank. It's not that tight financially. Yeah. But that was really good that you wanted to give your piggy bank, but you get to keep your piggy bank and mom and dad are going to figure out the budget a different way. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I think it's almost giving people the right information at the right time is especially important in moments of uncertainty and crisis, because if you reveal it, like if you're honest to where things are all going to fall down. It's almost giving them the information along with the solution to it. You know, like, like I think about fix it, but it's, you can't just come up with, hey, the church, giving's down and we're not sure what to do. Well, that's horrible. Right. It's like, no, giving's down. Here's how we're going to fix it. Here's our next steps. Well, and I, I want to say this too. You never lie in a crisis. You think, well, I'm going to lie to them so that it keeps them calm. No. You might limit their access to the information, but you never lie because credibility is destroyed by yeah. lies. And in a crisis, you have to keep your credibility. Totally. So I you remember, never lie. I remember during COVID, you were sharing with our team and just said, we, we cannot do something or say something now that we're going to regret two years from now. Mm -hmm. We cannot change our theology. We cannot change our perspective on, on value of people and things. And I think I look, I look back and it doesn't mean we did everything right, but I think we can look back at what we did and say, we're, we're proud of, of the decisions we made. Maybe these are the ones we would have done differently, but we didn't say like, we don't have to make up for it. Cause to your point, the crisis is going to be resolved. Right. It is. I mean, that's what we do as a, as a people. I mean, if it's not, then we're all done for. <laughs> but but every crisis since the beginning of time, it's ebbs and flows. I'll never forget when I read this thing and it said, do you know what the biggest crisis was like, you know, 120 years ago in New York City or whatever? And it was, what are we going to do with all the horse manure? Yeah. It was piling up everywhere. And they had city blocks filled with horse manure and rats everywhere. And they're like, we're, we're done for. What are we going to do? Little did they know the automobile was going to get invented. Sure. And then they didn't have a horse manure problem mm -hmm. anymore. You know, yeah, it was I mean, like your problem today, it's going to be solved. Like th there's a way to solve it. I heard Peterson talking about that. And he was saying how depending on the GDP per capita, I, th I think he said the GDP per capita has to be around $20,000 per person for climate change to start to be a discussed, you know, because when you, when your GDP per capita is that low, you have other things that you're worried about. You're worried about food. You're worried yeah. about things. And again, it doesn't mean that that's not worthy to be discussed. That's First not what world I'm problems. Yeah, but it but it's there are different problems to where sure. like his point is in an area that that needs food, a old gas guzzling car that can get it there is more valuable than a Tesla because 
they 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 don't have the infrastructure they don't right have all now that in stuff. California. Well, that's a gas guzzler is more important. Actually, I'm wearing a nice uh, jacket because we have air conditioning on. Unlike California. Well, I saw a post. I, I'm sure it was a joke, but it was a Tesla that had like a little hatch behind it. And yeah, it and it generator. had a generator with gas cans on <laughs> it. It had yeah. to have been a joke. I saw but, that. Um, but yeah, anyway. That's just crazy. So talk. I want to move towards, yeah. and I don't know how much time, where we're at in time, if we can, I can see that. But um, I want to move to the congregation because we have our organization, but you have the congregation. So you have people that are in different places. Like you said, you're pastoring people who are the window guy. Who are going? This riot is horrible, but man, my the investment has really worked out for me. And then you have people that they're the ones who got their windows broken. Then you have others that have lost their jobs. You have others that are at risk of losing their jobs. Yeah, in a you know, I got a thought on that. In a crisis, I think the church gets closer to the earlier chapters of Acts, and it said they had everything in common and they shared. It wasn't socialism. It was care for one another. Sure. And so I think a pastor and a congregation in a crisis needs to realize there needs to be care for one another. Like um, you're saying, hey, we want to do something for those that are single parents, or maybe there's people that in a certain industry in your town that are being hit and you want to take care of them. Or you say, hey, we want everyone. Remember when... The, like we couldn't get baby formula not that long ago. Yeah. And, everybody, and I literally said in the sermon, if you can't get baby formula, let us know. Mm-hmm. Like we will dispatch people to drive to wherever. Like if your baby can't get formula, if you're facing food shortage. So the the in a crisis, the church needs to act more like that. And in prosperity, you need to remember the poor because the Bible says, remember the poor. And so you can get caught up in your prosperity and think, oh, everything's great. But in a crisis, okay, everybody's got to bring what they have to the table and keep everybody moving forward. And there needs to be more intentional sharing of, can we hire you? Can we help you? Can we, you know, there might even be people moving in together. You just, you, you function more like the earlier chapters of the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. And and that that's actually in some ways it turns out to be a really good thing for people that they live differently, they share differently. So that's the thing I think of in a crisis, taking care of your congregation, you act more like the early chapters of Acts. Yeah, that's great. How would you how would you advise pastors who maybe have you know maybe it's their lead pastor set this goal or they're the lead pastor themselves. They set a kingdom builder goal, or they have a vision goal for you know even coming up on this the end of the year. Um, maybe if you want to talk about the the uncertainty moment that God, the just in case that yeah. God spoke to you. Oh yeah, yeah. But but how like they're maybe going? Oh, we have this kingdom builders goal, and we wanted to set our best ever, and now it looks like there's an economic you know downturn. Yeah. The here's the thing: you have no idea what God's doing behind the scenes. Who would have ever thought that? a group of lepers would find a whole uh, army encampment abandoned that would end the the siege and the desperation and God caused confusion and the armies left all their goods. Who would have ever thought that God would be that creative? So you look at it and I, I realize that God will take care of you. God will use creative resources somebody could be going up while others are going down. Somebody gets an inheritance. You're like, it's the best year ever. And then it's not. And then somebody's like, you'll never believe this, but my uncle who did this and this left us this much. And we want to give to kingdom builders. 
you don't stop doing what God told you to step out in faith for. So keep believing. And there's so many different things I've said, like, don't do the math, do your part. If you do the math, you won't sleep. If you're like, we need this much money from this many people in this many days, you know, you'll, it's overload. We're not dealing in math. We're dealing in faith. We're dealing in the (laughs) supernatural. And faith and the supernatural is greater than math. Math is incredible, but faith in the supernatural is better than math. And so... Um, don't do the math, do your part. And then with COVID that one year, we, I, I felt like we were believing the lie of just in case we better hold, just in case we better hold. No, you keep sowing and reaping. You keep doing that. And we had to overcome the lie of just in case and give our best gift ever for, uh, my wife and I, we gave the best gift ever. And then we shared that with the congregation and it broke loose the lie of just in case. And they kept moving forward. You know, um, I'm I'm re- actually reading Nathan's book, Killer Church, mm. and it was like, you know, like if you were gonna, if Jesus was coming back tomorrow, what would you do today? And I, I, he, I think he used the illustration of Martin Luther saying, "I'd plant a tree." You know, I would keep doing what I'm gonna do. You know, um, it's like I, I'm gonna stay faithful. I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm not gonna abandon ship. I'm gonna, you know, and and I'm gonna keep doing what God's called us to do. And then I'm going to rejoice with whatever the results are. If it was supposed to be the best year ever, and it turns out to be 80% of the best year ever, I'm still going to rejoice. Hey, in the midst of a crisis, we got to 80% of best year ever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's something that we really do well, is to celebrate what God did. Because you're, if you shortchange or don't celebrate the, what you did, it, just because your goal was not met it almost makes the goal more important than the actual work. Right. And it's like, well, no, oh, I was hoping that we'd have 50 people get saved and only 36. It's right. Like, wow, when you really look at it from that perspective, that's really selfish. doesn't mean we shouldn't have goals. You're, I mean, you're a big right. goal setter. Um, what would be maybe your last last word here on this topic? Obviously, we'll come back probably next month and do another episode, but... But last round on this topic, just encourage pastors, whether it be for their organization or their congregation, who knows? I mean, maybe we're even talking about this. Maybe things turn around. Maybe things change. We don't We don't know. That's part of why it's called uncertainty. Yeah. I would say find a place to process your fears that is safe. And you find a group that is mature enough to handle whatever your fears are, like a, a peer group of lead pastors or people that run nonprofits or leaders in your church. And find a group that's safe enough to process that with, like, guys, I'm really concerned. Like, this downturn, last downturn, we went down 30%. I'm just, you know, and, you know, because people even right now, like, the housing is going to burst. And then you read an article and it's like, no, it's different. There's demand now. That was bad loans. It's probably not going to burst. It's going to stall. It's different, you know. And you're like, oh. So find a group that you can process it with. And and it's never, when I was a youth pastor, this is the thing I just want to get everybody to understand. This is this crisis. There'll be another one. Paul says, like, God delivered us. Like, we were so bad. In Corinthians, he said, we thought we had the sentence of death, but God was faithful to deliver us, and he'll deliver us again. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it's never changed. There's this crisis. There was the Iraq war. There was that. Before that, I had people when I was a youth pastor back in the 80s 
Should we even have a baby because of how bad the world is to bring a child into this world? You know, and I'm like, have a baby. Like, like, have a baby. Like, love. Like, be, you know, enjoy your family and be married. You know, like, and so if in the 80s they were worried and they're worried mm-hmm. in the 90s and 2000 was the Y2K and then it was the COVID and then it was the, okay, that's what happens. There's there's crisis, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's stuff that's going on, and we just keep moving forward, and we keep doing the mission that God's called us to do. So find that group to process it. Realize this is not unique. This is just now. This is what we're dealing with now. It's not unique. Read history. Somebody else had something, you know, that they had to get through, and and then I guess this is the last thing for me. Like, it doesn't bother me. If we had everything or if we have nothing, we're going to make it. I just, I feel like I, I, I'm, I'm going to figure out where to go forward if we have nothing. And I'm going to try to figure out how to go forward if we have everything. And because I'm not, my happiness, my joy is not by what's around me. It's in what's in me. And so I, I'm going to keep moving forward and I'm going to find the good in, in, in the bad and keep moving forward. And we're not facing stuff that's like, we're not talking like Holocaust, okay? I, I, finding joy in the Holocaust, somebody else has to do that podcast because I'm not there yet. But we're, we're just in normal ups and downs, recessions, global uncertainty, things like that. And we should keep building the church, keep living our life and uh, realize who's in control. So good. Well, thank you. We always love your insight and your wisdom. I'm excited that this is going to help so many people. And I know we'll hear from you again soon. All right. Looking forward to it.